Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. 46% of Americans expect to leave behind financial obligations when they pass away. So it's crucial to make sure your family is financially protected. Policy Genius helps you find the right life insurance coverage by comparing options from America's top insurers with help from licensed, award-winning agents. Secure your financial future with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get free life insurance quotes in just a few clicks. That's policygenius.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. My name is Clay Newcomb, and I'm the host of the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. I'll also be your host into the world of hunting, the icon of North American wilderness, the bear. We'll talk about tactics, gear, conservation, but we'll also bring you into some of the wildest country on the planet chasing bear. Welcome to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. It's October the 1st. And if you hear the hum of a Silverado motor, some all-terrain tires, it's because I'm recording this podcast alone in my truck. I'm headed to Southeast Oklahoma. Today is uh, is it almost a sacred day for me. October 1st has been the Oklahoma opener for several years now, and I look forward to it as much as any date on the calendar. I truly do. So I'm, I'm heading to the Redneck Blind. Some of you may have been watching the, watching the Bear Hunting Magazine YouTube channel and seen our vlogs, but back in August, we put up a Redneck Blind in Southeast Oklahoma on private land. We can bait bears on private land in, in Oklahoma in four different counties. And I put up this Redneck Blind on a, in a, on a proven property. Now, it was a new actual bait site. I'd never baited in that particular spot, but I had baited bears within, let's say, 500 yards of there. So it was close enough that we knew that it would be inconsequential in terms of drawing in bears. 
but it was a new bait side. Put up a redneck blind because because there this site had this place had proven to hold big bears. Year in and year out, there were usually some really big, older, mature male bears that would be that would be utilizing the bait, but they're always super hard to kill. And usually, what happens is if they are coming in in the daytime when the season rolls around, they they just know the system and they know to scent check these baits and 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 basically they'll get downwind of a bait they'll smell a human in there and they won't come in and you won't kill them there's you know as a whitetail hunter sometimes you think well why don't you just get the wind right well this really is a unique situation and you're and you're dealing with an animal that i don't want to say they reason more than a whitetail deer because i don't know that an animal really reasons but you're not dealing with a whitetail deer you're dealing with an animal that's coming to a specific spot you're dealing with an animal that knows there's a human involved like when we come in and bait we're not trying to hide our human presence on this particular bait we drive right up to the bait we get out we're sweating we're handling the food that we're feeding these bears so these bears know that there's a human involved they know it and so the trick is is to on the day you hunt convince them that there is no human there and from a tree stand that's pretty hard because these big bears they know the system they're scent checking these baits and in the mountains of southeast oklahoma in the mountains of arkansas i have yet to hunt a mountain area where the winds weren't variable i mean if the wind is predominantly out of the southwest and you've got your stand set up accordingly to blow your scent away from the bait well that's just the direction the bears come from they they really play the wind well so this redneck blind it's a big one it's the uh, buck palace it's been up for two months the bears don't mind it the bears have not torn it up the bears have climbed up the ladder and they've messed with it but they have not hurt the blind in any way which was a big question going into this this hunt because would the bears just shred it bears are notorious for shredding anything that is a petroleum-based product like a blind that has rubber on it if you if you left a, a four-wheeler seat out at that bait site even though they know it's not food there's no cal- caloric value inside that seat they would just shred it and we were uncertain of how they would respond to it but they have not bothered it in the least now granted we have not used the blind there's there's no human scent in there there's no food scent in there there's nothing we've just been in there a very little time so today i will be entering the redneck blind and like the ark i'm gonna shut the door and the hunt will be on but the reason for the redneck is for scent containment the redneck is not 100 percent scent free because it, it it's not a airtight box i mean you've got to breathe inside of there but i do believe that it reduces your scent dramatically dramatically all the windows on that blind are sealed with rubber gaskets there is one small uh, air filter hole in the blind that's designed to let air in and out uh, but 
I don't I don't think it's going to be enough to to alarm the bears. And remember, this bait site already these bears know. I mean, these big old mature males. I mean, they know the system. They know there's a human involved. They just want to come in there when that human scent is dissipated enough that they think that we're nowhere to be found. So, it. I'm running a little bit late. It's currently about noon. These bears are typically not coming in until the last hour of daylight. And we're on a, a, a once-in-a-decade pattern right now with these bears in Oklahoma. We've been hunting this property since... 2015 so let's see we hunted it 15 16 17 18 so this is the fourth year that we've hunted it and the first year that we hunted it these two bears that are coming in right now were there we call them yellow tag and batman yellow tag was a big a big bear with two yellow ear tags and the other bear his ears curled out in a unique way, and he, he looked like Batman to me. Called him Batman. Both these bears, big males. I'm, I'm not going to tell you what I think they weigh until just a little bit later. But that first year we baited, it was almost like the honeymoon phase of this property, and the bears didn't, they just kind of felt like they'd found a bird nest on the ground when they found our bait, and they treated it very, very haphazardly and anyway I actually let a friend hunt it that year and he 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 wounded the Batman bear what I believe was Batman bear shot him low in the brisket the animal did not die it was just a flesh wound and he missed yellow tag yep uh, veteran bow hunter guy I have a ton of respect for had never hunted bears and both of these bears came in the first day we ever hunted the property. And at the time, they were probably 350 to 400 and over, a little over 400, you know, both these bears. Well, these bears have become, like, characters at this bait site. And that's the cool thing about hunting these, hunting bears over bait. We've got cameras out, and bears are quite distinguishable by many, many things. Coloration, muzzle color, body shape, um white patches on their chest just their different features just like humans they they just all are a little bit different and so these bears have become mainstays at this bait but since that time these bears have been unkillable absolutely unkillable nothing we've done has allowed us to to slip their radar last year my good buddy james lawrence i did not hunt oklahoma last year last year james hunted it and he had yellow tag come in on the first day that he hunted and yellow tag smelled him left so these bears are smart but it is today is october 1st and as of yesterday these bears were still pounding this bait these bears ate roughly 300 pounds of bread in the last two days they've eaten a tremendous amount of food so they're really they're really doing what you want them to do which usually right now they're starting to fade off the baits when we start baiting in early september these baits are these bears are coming out of a stress period which is the late summer when it's hot bears are dried up it's a it's actually a, a stress period just like for whitetails 
and these bears will almost eat anything. A bear will be coming to bait. He'll be there during the daytime. He'll be sleeping in front of your barrel. And all these guys are sending me pictures saying, man, I got a huge bear. What taxidermist should I use? You know, and I, 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 I myself have fallen for that trap before. Is that, man, just because you've got that bear coming in like crazy, even in mid-September, it doesn't mean a thing. I'll tell you, the only thing that counts in baiting bears in Arkansas and Oklahoma is when you've got a bear in front of you the day season opens. Because in 20, 20, well, you know what? We bought that, we, we've been, um, we've been baiting that property since 14 because in 2015, Batman and Yellowtag were coming in and two days before season, they left famished, never to be seen again at that bait. I ended up taking a lesser bear that was, I believe, a hundred pounds lighter than Yellowtag or Batman in 2015. So I actually harvested a bear that was the lesser of those two. He weighed 360 pounds and had a skull score of 20 and 8 sixteenths, which made him qualify for the Boone and Crockett All-Time Awards. I mean, a Boone and Crockett bear. So my biggest bear to date has come from southeast Oklahoma, right here. And the bear, the biggest bear I've ever killed, skull size, is smaller than these two bears that I'm hunting today. I want to back up, though, because I got my dates wrong. My buddy that wounded Batman and missed yellow tag that would have been 2014 so we've now been hunting this bait for five years so these two bears are still here and bears have a much longer lifespan than a whitetail these bears can live 25 years they really can and I, I don't I don't know how old these bears are but they're they're mature animals they've been around because they were big and mature five years ago so this is a tremendous I mean, uh, my my emotions almost don't really even know how to respond to a day like today. Um, it's it's so exciting to me, but at the same time, I don't want to get my hopes up too much because these bears have given us the slip so many times. But today is a great day, and man, I'm just grateful, absolutely grateful that we can hunt bears in Oklahoma, that we've got bears over there, and that. I get to hunt them as non-resident. So for that, I am, I am truly grateful. So yesterday I was personally not able to go over and bait. I wanted to go over there and bait and check the cameras and really know exactly what was going on. I wasn't able to do that because I'll tell you why, because we were tracking a bear in Arkansas and I want to tell you a heartbreaking story. I'll just hit the high points. But in Arkansas, we gained access to a landlocked piece of property that have, basically has no roads to it. The property has an old trail to it, but there's no way to drive a four-wheeler. There's no way to drive a car. No, so there's no roads to this property. And it's surrounded by national forests, so you can't drive a four-wheeler to it. And we have been using our mules to pack in bait gained access it's about an hour mule ride hour walk back in to this area and 
for whatever reason, I just had in my mind that that's where I wanted to take my 15-year-old daughter, River, this year. River is... River killed a bear two years ago. River's killed a buck with her bow. River is really an outdoors woman. She truly is. She really loves hunting. She gets it. She's tough. There is... And I mean this. She is tough. There's... If I were going on like a... You know, a five-mile backpack trip to do something like really hard, I, I can't think of anybody else I'd rather take with me just in terms of bringing someone that wouldn't complain, that wouldn't want to go home, that wouldn't get bored. I mean, like, she's she's a real deal, and she loves bear hunting anyway. About 10 days before season is when we gained access to this property, which was pretty late, and we started baiting the property. We took two mules in there, and we'd never been up to the property before. Well, it'd been a long time since we'd been there. I had I was there once when I was younger. We get to the property, we bait bears, put up our camera. On the way down, I've got two mules. We've got one riding saddle on Izzy, my Izzy mule. And River was pretty tired, and and I, I said, hey, you want to ride the mule down, and I'll lead the other one because the other one had a had a saw buck on it, just like pack saddle couldn't ride it so I said would you like to ride Izzy down the mountain so you don't have to walk and she said yeah and so River's a River's a pretty good rider so River gets on Izzy but River is not used to Izzy Izzy is young Izzy's three years old and Izzy is now pretty fresh because she's had this she's had all this weight on her back all day and all of a sudden it's off of her and then now River's on her back and I felt like she was kind of spunky, almost like just fresh out of the trailer. And she was acting a little spunky. Not bad, just spunky. And I was giving, I was instructing River about what she should do. You know, hey, don't let her push you around. A lot of times, for those of you who've not ridden equine animals much, I mean, a really just dead broke old horse or old mule might not act like this. But a young one, you get on one fresh, they're... They're kind of going to want to do what they want to do. They're not necessarily going to want to buck you off. That's not what happened at all. But just just wanting to trot, wanting to go faster, wanting to go their way. And they need an experienced rider to just tell them and show them who's boss. And so River was trying to do that. We get a little ways down the trail. And the trail is brushed in. There's limbs. And so limbs are whacking River and and there that's really not a problem but there was a a limb about as big as your wrist that was hanging out that was gonna hit her about in the chest when the mule was going under it and so when she saw it coming she ducked off to the side grabbed the saddle horn with her hands dropped the reins and was just gonna go under the limb and then pop back up and grab the reins well when she went under the limb I believe what happened is she squeezed her legs to stay on the animal when she squeezed her legs, that's the cue that I've taught Izzy to, to, to go faster. So as soon as she kind of leans off the mule to go under the slim, the mule starts to trot. Well, River starts to lose her balance. River squeezes her legs even harder. The mule starts to lope. They are going downhill in the woods 
River no longer has the reins in her hand, and she is she never really regained her balance from stepping on the limb. And so I see all this happening, and basically Ellie is running, loping down a pretty steep incline with the river just barely hanging on, and they basically run out of sight. And I'm hollering, and I run after River. And as a as a father, this is as it was happening. I knew this was the moment that I thought would someday happen. But I prayed that when it did, that God would be merciful to us. And it was happening right before my eyes, almost in slow motion. I mean, River was totally out of control. The mule was out of control. And this mountain is littered in boulders, steep, rugged, rough, and it was it was it was frightening. I run down the mountain, and and the last I had seen, Izzy was kind of dropping over the horizon. Not at the slope of this mountain, you could probably see fifty yards before the mountain just kind of crested down, and. I see the mule running, and I see River coming off the side. I mean, I see her just start to fall off the animal. Remember, at like a full, almost at a full gallop, I I don't know. And I crest over the hill, and I see the mule turned back towards me, looking up towards me with her ears perked up and no River. And then I run a little bit further and I see River sprawled out in the woods on her back with her feet up the mountain, her head down the mountain. And man, it scared me. She was obviously crying. I run up to her. I tell her not to move. I touch her neck. I touch her shoulders. I touch all around on her legs. I knew that if I... If I touched something that was broken, that she would be really, that she would be really sensitive to it. I could not find anything that I believed was broken on her. The only thing is when I ran my head, my hand on the top of her head, my my hand was covered in blood. So I just raised her head ever so slightly and she had just smashed her head into a rock. Man, we... We sat there on the ground. I got the I got the mules tied up and caught, and I just told her to lay there. And we she laid there for probably a solid ten, maybe fifteen minutes. I'll tell you exactly what we did. We prayed. I just asked God to help her. I I thanked God that she was alive, and uh, and I just kind of lamented the decision that I had made as a father to let her ride down that mountain and anyway off the mountain we came we still had another hour to the truck River's head was you know she was bleeding all down her head and all down her neck so we go to the emergency room in the little rural town we were near and spent a ton of time at the ER, a ridiculous amount of time, actually. And uh, she had eight staples in her head, and for 
not to be too gruesome, but the cut was about two inches long on the back of her head, and you could actually see her skull. So River had a pretty major crash. They did a CT scan on her, and there was no there was no crack in the skull. There was no damage done to the actual brain. So River River really took it took it in the face on that one. So that was day one of our bear baiting on the mountain. We'll call it the pack in bait. So that was day one of our bear baiting at the pack in bait. Well, season begins to roll around. I make it one other time up to the mountain to bait by myself. We had a, several bears coming in there. And opening day comes, which opening day in Arkansas was September the 22nd. We had torrential rains come through on September the 21st and 22nd to get to the place where we had to cross the river to hunt or to get to where we needed to park to hunt. We had to cross a, a stream. Well, the water had risen so much that we could not cross the stream. So on day one, we couldn't even hunt our bait. And so River and I said, you know, on the first day when she banked up her head, we said, the mountain, one, Newcomb, zero. On day, on the first day of the Arkansas season, when we were unable to even get to the bait, we said, mountain, two, Newcomb, zero. On the, on the second day of the season, where we were able to cross the creek and go hunt on the mountain. And we went up there, checked the camera. There was a big bear that had been coming in at night in a time or two late in the evening and it was a big bear i mean like a 400 450 maybe even bigger type boar and river decided that she wanted to wait for that bear and so she did and she passed seven bears on opening day at that bait site and not a single one of those bears was over about 180 pounds though she passed all those bears, and it was an amazing day in the stand when there was hardly a 10-minute section where we weren't watching bears. Now, you'll, you'll, you'll have hunts like that in Canada. You rarely have hunts like that down here. Most of our hunting over bait here in Arkansas is you're seeing one or two bears, and you're usually seeing them at last light. You usually don't just get the viewing opportunity like you would in Canada. I mean, you go to Canada on a really good hunt, you're going to see a lot of bears, you're going to watch a lot of bears, but not so here. I mean, we're, we are usually, by opening day, we are usually hunting the juvenile stragglers because our season dates are set up such that older mature males are typically gone from the baits or they're nocturnal by the time season opens. And it's what it's done in Arkansas is it's, it's created a culture where guys shoot the first bear that they see. I really wish the game departments would move our seasons back to where they originally were. Originally, they opened on September 15th for many, many years. And uh, it, it really doesn't make sense. The numbers don't add up. I think it's an issue of convenience. But we need to get that earlier opener in order to harvest older mature males because we're building a hind culture where we're just killing juveniles. And, uh, I mean, I, I haven't seen the stats in a few years, but most of the bears killed in Arkansas are two and three year old bears. I would like to see us manage for, I mean there's no wildlife that you really want to manage in that way, but for some reason that's the way we're managing our bears here in Arkansas. And there's more to it, it's complex but there's not much more to it. 
and uh, I would like to see that change in Arkansas. That would that would help us, and it would also help. It would also help if we had an earlier season date to begin to educate the public about how to not shoot the first animal that comes to the barrel. Don't shoot juveniles. Don't shoot juvenile females. Don't uh, if you know it's a sow, do your best to not shoot that sow. And right now, guys, just shoot the first animal to the barrel. And there's kind of a there's kind of a uh, a, a group of guys in the state that are really targeting these older mature males and we're frustrated as we can be but uh, there's no shortage of them but they're very very difficult to kill so day one and the packing bay comes and goes and the river didn't fire an arrow we had to go to school the whole week but on Saturday the next Saturday which I believe would have been September the 22nd we went back to the pack-in bait. I had been able to go in there one other time and bait, and when I did, the bears had been pounding the bait. So on September 27th, River, Izzy, and I go to the top of the mountain, and we get there, and we check the card. And what happened is one of the most exciting things that can happen in hunting. It truly is. I mean, this is why... I hunt part of it aside from wildlife related commodities that we that we get that we use throughout the year but we checked the camera and there had been a whopper bear in there that day that morning and it had found the bait that morning and it was a 400 plus pound male bear and the evening before a second 400 pound plus color phase bear and this bear may be 450 had been in there in the daylight. So basically what I'm saying is there were two 400-pound-plus males, different bears, that had been to that bait in the daylight in the last 24 hours. That the the first bear, or the bear, we'll call him number one, we'll call him the hippo bear. He had a big old saggy belly and a sway back. He had been in there through night at, at like almost 10 o'clock that morning. He was still feeding at the bait. We get there at 1 o'clock. So, I mean, just three hours before he'd been there. We knew he was close. We knew that he had found the bait. He liked it. He hadn't been spooked off by anything. I mean, this was his first time to the bait was that morning. When you roll into a situation like that, that is a very favorable situation for that bear to return that evening. I mean, we just knew it was going to happen. Climb up in the tree. Was running in Ozonics. Two of us in the tree not much we can do for scent control in that particular situation. The winds were light and variable. Winds were blowing from many different directions. We had also hiked an hour in 80 degree temperatures, so we were sweating. And long story short, the hippo bear comes in at 4 o'clock. Broad daylight. Comes in at 4 o'clock. Comes downwind of us. Those onyx was blowing perfectly. It was a light, light, probably three to four mile per hour wind coming out of the west. Ozonix was set up perfectly. And the bear smelled us. And I, I this isn't a knock on Ozonix. I've still got it in my bag right now. But, I mean, if it if it reduced our scent, which I'm sure that it did, it did not reduce it enough for that bear to smell us. And it was truly the perfect situation for it to really work. And uh, the bear was intolerant of us and the hippo bear 
threw his nose in the air at probably 35 to 40 yards, turned his nose up, and left. And we never saw him again the rest of the evening. So we're sitting here, and we actually see a sow with this year's cubs come into the bait and watch these little bears. This is the first time I believe I've been on a in, a, in that close proximity to a sow with little cubs. Super fun to watch. She was not aggressive towards us at all. Every bear that came into that bait knew exactly where we were, and they make made eye contact with us. They knew we were there, but they really didn't seem to care. So the sow comes in. There's another smaller bear that came in, you know, probably a 130-pound boar that came in it was eating quite a bit and so we got there we basically started hunting at two o'clock four o'clock the hippo bear came in it's dark about 7 15 ish and we knew that this uh big color face bear had been in there the day before and i'll be darned if that bear didn't show up at about 6 30 the bear, we see him come within, you know, 40 yards. We see him out there. We immediately recognize him as the big color face from the camera. I mean, this is, sometimes it's, man, it's it's tough. You see a, you know, 450-pound bear, and, and, and you'll probably see this footage at some point through Bear Horizon or the vlog. You see this big bear, and you're like, yeah, these guys see big bears all the time. I want to put that into perspective. I have not seen a 400 pound, 400 pound plus bear from the tree stand while hunting over bait in Arkansas. Let me think about this before I say it. It's true. Ever. I'm going to say that ever. I have killed a 500 pound bear in Arkansas, but I killed it in the national forest without bait. Um, I have put people on big bears. There was about a four-year period there when I was basically auctioning off my best stand for the Arkansas Black Bear Association, and we put some people on some good bears. But killing a big bear over bait is no joke. It is no joke at all. And so here comes this bear. And so, I mean, one of the biggest, the biggest bear I've ever seen in my life over bait in Arkansas that was killable was coming in, shooting light. And River shoots a 43-pound bow. She had a 150-grain iron wheel broadhead. Uh, it was a light setup, but River killed a bear two years ago, about a 225-pound male, passed all the way through the bear. I mean, the the, the 40 at that time it was it was a 40 pound bow 40 pound bow shot an arrow through the bear I mean the arrow is laying on the ground on the other side of the bear so I know this is a totally different animal an animal that's twice as big but still I, I, I felt like the, the arrow the bow had the energy we had a cut on impact broadhead we had some weight on the arrow felt like everything was right I, I, re- I truly was not worried about river not being able to or or not I wasn't worried about the bow well the bear 
smells us. It was really interesting. The bear smelled us. I mean, he, he was out there. Ozonics was blowing just right, and, man, that bear had his nose in the air, and he pinned us. But this bear had been using the bait for the last week to 10 days. This bear had actually come in 20 minutes after we left on the second day. Well, the first day that we hunted, second day of the season. This bear had been standing where we were standing 20 minutes after we were there. So this bear in inevitably knew there were humans involved. He had smelled us before. And when he smelled us this time, it didn't bother him that much because despite his nose telling him that we were there, he walked right in, actually looking at us. This particular area, we weren't able to get very high in the trees. There weren't very many big trees, so we were only about... Uh, 13, probably 13 feet high. And basically this big 400, let's just call him 400 plus pound bear, color phase, kind of a uh, chocolatey tinge, comes walking in, just making eye contact with us, looking looking at us up in the stand. River's standing up, she's got her bow in hand. And the bear comes into like eight yards, turns broadside, river draws her bow, river shoots, and she hit the bear slightly high. We think maybe it caught the back tip of the scapula, which is the shoulder blade. And the arrow penetrated about five inches. The bear ran off. The next day we trailed it for over a half a mile off of blood that was being basically rubbed off high on bushes. And... We never recovered the bear. Never recovered the bear. I felt terrible. I truly felt terrible. The, the shot, the shot was just inches away from right where you want it to be, and it was a it was a tough one. It's a tough one for River. She worked so hard, so resilient, and it was a tough one for me. I mean, I hated to, to see that bear get away from us. But, you know, we tracked that bear on our hands and knees through a pawpaw thicket all morning yesterday. And I really just had this sense that part of the human experience is dealing with disappointment. And a lot of who we are as men and how we respond to life has to do with how we deal with disappointment. And I tr- I was more disappointed in that than probably any animal that I personally have ever not recovered. You know, and it was uh, partially, maybe it was a selfish thing, you know, like if my daughter had taken the spare on film, you know, it would have been good for me. I don't know. I just wanted her to, I just wanted her to get it. She worked so hard. She passed nine bears and I'll tell you the bear hunting culture in Arkansas there's not many grown men that would have passed these nine bears that she did waiting for the big one the big one shows she does everything right just a little bit high and and we don't recover the bear so man the pain and the agony the joys and the agony of hunting is really what makes it what it is really a complex complex deal because it's a high stakes game. If you win, 
the rewards are high found in the commodities given to us by God from wildlife, meat, hide, fang, and fur. But the consequences are significant when we do not capitalize on an opportunity. And this is two days after, and I'm really still not really over it. And to be honest with you, I'm, I'm headed to Oklahoma to potentially one of the best hunts I've ever been on in terms of just gathering the data, going into the hunt. The conditions are favorable. We've got two giant bears on bait. And, uh, man, I'm, I'm almost not even excited, to be honest with you. So, hey, we're 38 minutes into this podcast, and this is what I want to do. I'm going to kind of take you step by step through my afternoon. I'm going to bring the... bring. I'm going to bring you into the blind with me and give you some commentary as we, as, as this hunt unfolds. So I'm about an hour out from getting out of the truck, walking into the stand. It's 1241 on October the 1st. Got my non-resident Oklahoma bear tag in my pocket. And man, what a great day to be a bear hunter. just got to the property here where we're baiting bears. I'm parking probably close to a half a mile from where I'm hunting. I don't trust these big old bears one lick and I don't want to get close to them. I want them to think there's nobody in the country. I just did my, I'm kind of doing my pre-hunt ritual. I just took a bath in the creek getting all my stuff together if I do not kill a bear this evening my plan is to spend the night in the redneck blind so I've got food I've got uh, equipment to stay the night um, I'm just making my final preparations here I hadn't told anybody this um, or hadn't made a big deal about it but I was going to shoot the traditional bow on this hunt and uh I couldn't shoot the trad bow out of uh, the redneck blind. It's a pretty big, well, it's a big blind, and I probably could have done it, but did not want the weapon to be the limiting factor. I actually borrowed a bow, a Halon 32, from my good buddy Aaron Weiss down at Outdoor America in Springdale, Arkansas. He set this bow up for me like two days ago, and I'm shooting great with it, shooting some... 250 grain iron wheel broadheads and uh you know kind of i'm kind of geared up for like a big game hunt you know uh, these are big critters so i'm about to walk up the hill to the stand i'm going to try to give you a play-by-play when i'm in the blind i feel like i'm going to be able to talk some because those blinds are pretty soundproof but uh all right. It's 4.23 p.m. I've been in the blind for about an hour and a half. Just kind of getting everything situated. This is my first time in the blind with the compound bow with the cameras. So I'm trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to do this. I think I've got a system that works. 
I'm planning to shoot out of one of these long corner windows made for bow hunting. So I'll be shooting down. I've got a camera filming out of the long, uh, or the, the standard shooting window to my left. And I have a camera to my back and I've got a GoPro out in front of me. My buddy James Lawrence came in here yesterday and baited several, with several hundred pounds of bait. They have eaten almost all of it. There are not a lot of bears on this bait, but the two giant bears that are on here are eating a ton. I mean, literally, they ate, I, I don't know the weight of bait he put out yesterday, but... I would venture to say easily 200 pounds of bait. And it's 85% gone. That's exactly what you want to see as a bear hunter when you come into the bait. Is it just be demolished? So again, we put up this redneck blind for the sole purpose of scent control, which, if it doesn't backfire on us, is going to be ingenious but the negative side of it is I am roasting in this blind right now got all the windows shut and it's 86 degrees outside let me, let me put it to you this way when I open the windows which I have I opened one just to look outside it feels like it's 30 degrees outside as the cold air rushes in I don't know how hot it is in here, but it's hot. But it's a small price to pay for almost 100% scent control when hunting trophy black bear over bait. Like I said earlier, I've been hunting these bears, these particular bears, for five years. And I've never been able to catch up with them. And uh, this... Part of what I, part of to me what makes a successful hunter successful is he's able to identify the limiting factors of his hunting and improve those things. So here's an example. I shoot my Matthews Halon 32 right now. I can shoot it so well that it is not the limiting factor of my hunting. If I have 10 kills and 90% of those kills are successful, 10% are failures, it's never going to be because I can't hit a dot at 20 to 25 yards. It now, it might be panic in the field. It might be making a bad decision in the field for shot, the shot placement or whatever. But my point is, is you got to focus on what is the thing that's keeping you from being unsuccessful. And for me, in this situation, it was scent. I do not believe in any other type of scent control. I just, I had bears smell me, um, running some all kind of products. I don't want to name any names, but I just, there's nothing that you could do in an open tree stand to fully contain your scent against a bear. So this redneck blind is the best solution that I've got. However, I am cooking in here. So I'm, I mean, literally my clothes are almost soaked. So I do smell worse than normal. 
So if for some reason the scent is leaking, it's going to leak. It's going to leak good, but I don't think it will. I'm able to whisper in this blind because these redneck blinds are insulated. They've got foam insulation all around them. And I have no doubt that the noise I'm making right now is not um, going to impact these bears. There was a bear here when I arrived. It was a younger bear, or just a smaller bear, a sow. I kind of snuck up on it, and, and I thought, well, I could wait until the bear leaves and not disturb it. But the wind was kind of swirling, and I thought, I'm out here in the open. I know these big bears are close. They really are. I mean, I, I, I have a gut feeling they aren't bedded more than 150 yards from this bait. And so the longer time I spent out of the blind, there was a better chance that the big bears were going to smell me. So what I did is I chunked a rock kind of on the back side of this bear out in the woods and kind of spooked it off. And I climbed up in the blind and went and checked my camera, or grabbed the card out of the camera quickly, came back, and I had been unable to read the card because of a... I just bought a brand new little SD card reader that plugs into your phone, and it, it, golly, it's ridiculous. You gotta download an app and do all kind of stuff, and I still cannot get it to read pictures. I am highly frustrated with that. But I am in the blind looking to, let's see, the north. I'm looking back at about a quarter acre food plot. To my south, I'm looking at about a 20-acre, I mean, excuse me, 20-year-old replanted pine, what used to be just like a clear cut. This property was cut about 15 to 20 years ago, and so I'm looking at a big stand of pine timber. We came in here and hung this redneck blind back in August and uh, cut some shooting lanes, and these bears don't want to be out in the open. They don't want to be in a food plot. They want to be in the shade. They're a black animal. They're designed to live in the shadows. And uh, so they want to be in the timber. That's where they feel comfortable. So my bait is off in the woods. I place the, the, the bait close to the stand in case I was shooting a traditional bow out of this blind. So the barrels are no more than probably eight yards from me which is close. I'm going to have to watch myself on shot angle. But here I am, just waiting. Waiting, waiting, waiting. It's 4.52, and I've seen my first bear from the redneck pond. I've got a bear out here at about 45 yards that's lounging on the west side of the food plot it appears to be a smaller bear but it's just only because of the food plot am I, am I able to see it because there's not thick vegetation around but it kind of confirms what you feel like these bears are doing you feel like they're they're eating and then they're just going out of sight and laying down where they can smell and listen to the bait side and this bear, I see it bobbing its head up and down, kind of smelling, it's panting. And uh, so that's the first bear. I figure it's waiting for 
to hear the barrels clank or to smell another bear or to smell a human coming in here. So, first bear of the evening, 4.52 p.m. October 1st. I just had two year-old cubs, year-and-a-half-old cubs, show up to just jet black. Little guys came in. I was watching this other bear that was bedded down in the food plot, and it jumped up and ran off, and then minutes later here came these uh, two little cubs they probably weigh 60 70 pounds a piece I do not see their mama and because I was unable to read the card I don't recall seeing cubs on the card on Thursday so perhaps a sound two cubs have showed up or they indeed have they keep looking back behind them. I figure their mama's not far. One thing that's interesting about a hunted bear population is that it actually grows faster than an unhunted population. So there are the, the bears in this part of the world, Arkansas, Oklahoma, are fairly rapidly increasing their range because the hub of the bear population in Arkansas, Oklahoma is in the Ozark and Washita Mountains. These are rugged mountains between a thousand and three thousand feet Oak Hickory Forest Climax. And this this was historic range of the bear. Lots of national forest, lots of big open country, lots of perfect bear habitat. Well what's happening is the bears have saturated that habitat and now they're beginning to bleed out in every direction from the Ozark and Washita Mountains down into areas that typically wouldn't be great bear habitat like the pine plantations of southern Arkansas pine swamp plantation uh, you know like just timberland they're starting to get a lot of bears. The timberland in deeper southeast Oklahoma is starting to get a lot of bears. Bears are moving north into the, the northern Ozarks of Missouri, which that's good bear country. Bears are moving into northern Louisiana. They're moving into western Mississippi. And it's because we're hunting them. Uh, we're hunting this population of bears, which this hub is in Arkansas. And these bears are expanding, so there's tons of cubs. We saw cubs two days ago in Arkansas on Rivers Hunt. So, really great to see a thriving bear population, because that's what we want as hunters and conservationists. We don't want to kill them all. We want to keep all of them, and we're going to cherry-pick some off the top. Cherry-pick the surplus. We're the good guys. Five fifty-one, and the, the sow finally came in. She let these cubs feed at this bait for probably twenty minutes. Without her, she is an untagged, good-sized sow, probably over two hundred pounds. You, we see a lot of tagged bears in this part of Oklahoma. They estimate the bear population here to be about two thousand bears. And they have captured and tagged or collared 
roughly 200, so 10% of the bears they believe that are in Oklahoma have actually laid their hands on. And they, they ear tag the bears and mark them just so they can say, you know, we, we caught this bear here and he was harvested over here, or he was hit by a car here, or we never heard from him again. But they also have a, some number of sows, probably 15 to 20 sows collared that they go in and do den studies on. So any bear that's caught is tagged. This bear has not been caught. So this is one of the, of the free bears. One of the big bears that I'm after tonight that I believe is probably close to 600 pounds is a tagged bear. He had two yellow ear tags back in 2014. So he's been tagged for a long time. He does not have a collar, but he's a whopper. You know, I meant to say earlier that the two bears that I'm hunting, one of them I believe is 550 to 600 plus, and we call him yellow tags. He's got two yellow tags. The other one is probably 450 to 500, and I call him Batman. I will shoot either bear that shows up tonight and be as happy as I can be. I figure both of them are potentially Boone Crockett animals. It is nearing six o'clock, the magic hour for bears, and I'm staring out the window, this redneck blind, and a big sow and two cubs at about eight yards. Six fifteen. And the sow and cubs just threw up their head and ran off, huffing. For sure there's another bear coming in. I haven't seen it yet. Which gives me even more reason to believe it may be the big one. A big one. Who's coming in and it's just kind of skirting. just shot Batman. I can't believe it. It was about 6.15, full daylight. Just great, great light. He came in, he towered, towered above the barrel. A bear whose shoulders are over 36 inches is a, that's a big bear, big bear. And this bear towered over the barrel, filled out, big legs, huge head, Big old curled ears. Looks like Batman. That's why we call him Batman. This bear is, uh, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't believe that I'm almost speechless. There's so much work that goes into this hunt. I mean, we for months have been working on this redneck blind. 
we've we've had this pro- access to this property for uh, for five years. We had this bear on the camera five years ago, and he was big then. We've got the, the crazy part is that he's not even the big bear. This is a lesser of two bears. There's another bear in here that's got two yellow tags that I believe is 75 to 100 pounds bigger than Batman. And just off the cuff, I'm going to step out on a limb. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be happy that I'm wrong. If I'm right, I'm going to be happy that I'm right. Um, I don't care. I, I think the bear is is 500 pounds. Now, he could be 15, 20 pounds on either side of that. But, folks... He is the lesser of two bears on the spate. And I want to talk about the implication of that. So we've got these big bears on bait that we're hunting. Well, the implication is that, or what you can imply from this, is that bears are thriving in this part of the country. This is a testament to wildlife conservation. It's a testament to the reintroduction of black bears in the 1950s and 60s back into Arkansas and their movement into southeast Oklahoma where their native range was at one time. Where you've got older, mature males, it indicates that the population is stable. It indicates that the population is well-balanced. It indicates a healthy population. An older, mature male is an indicator animal. You know, in a deer herd where you have no mature bucks, you know that something's out of whack. Uh, Either either the the hunting culture, you know, the management or the habitat or, um, or, or for some reason those older males aren't making it to maturity. Where older males make it to maturity, everything beneath them is in perfect order. And so, man, this is a testament to conservation. It's a testament to hunting. And, man, I'm thrilled. Man, if I never kill a bear the rest of my life, um, I will feel like I have experienced the, the, the top of the mountain of bear hunting, that iconic animal of North American wilderness right here within driving distance of my house. What an amazing place that we live in. What an amazing country that we live in. God long live the hunters, long live the beast. (laughs) Oh man, my dad is on his way with a tractor. James Lawrence is on his way. Ryan Flintface Greb is on his way. Ryan Greb is the master big bear hunter of Arkansas, no doubt. He's coming, and uh, we've got a long night of work in front of us. But hey, man, that's what we—that's what we—that's what we do it for. I'm drenched in sweat. This redneck blind with the windows shut is hot, but man, I tell you, I attribute this kill to that, to to this to this blind. He couldn't smell me. He had no idea that I was here. If I had been in a tree stand, the winds are swirling, the thermals are changing. He came from downhill. I mean, if I would have killed the bear in an open tree stand, it would have been just happenstance. I mean, probably 40% of the time I would have killed it. 60% of the time the bear would have smelled me and not come in. So this this blind you know, scent is a limiting factor. This blind has remedied that scent factor, the limiting factor, and it worked just like we thought it would. James Lawrence has an Oklahoma bear tag, and man, James has done nothing but help me and be a great friend for a long time. And he will be hunting the yellow tag bear, and we'll see what Batman weighs, but. 
I believe that yellow tag is uh, 75 to 100 pounds bigger than this bear that I just took. So the, the, the troops are on their way. They're all about an hour, hour and a half away. So I may get down and go track this bear um, if he's dead. Well, I just found the bear. He ran about 50 yards from where I shot him, and he is a giant. I do not know what he weighs, but we are going to find out. And uh, he's beautiful. All four canines are wore down. He's tall, he's long, he's fat. I could barely get him turned over holy cow this is probably the biggest bear i've ever killed the scales will tell we've got an 800 pound scale my dad i can hear my dad coming up the mountain with the tractor he was on on call james lawrence is on his way ryan greb's on his way we are going to know the weight of this bear but i'm i don't care what he weighs i'm just grateful to partake in such a sacred event as to harvest a big old giant Oklahoma black bear like this. What a testament to conservation. What a testament to hunters that we got bears like this here. Man, you, the, the, the joy, but also the agony of hunting. Two days ago, I was in just the agony as we lost River's bear. I FaceTimed River a minute ago, and she is ecstatic. Truly is. She wanted a play-by-play. She wanted me to FaceTime her when I got the bear. I wish so bad she could be here. But this is what makes it all worth it. And uh, and to share it with... Oh, Dad's crossing the creek. To share it with special people. My dad, James Lawrence... My buddy Ryan Greb, it's a phenomenal, phenomenal day. I hit this bear just right in the boiler room. I don't think I got an exit wound. I could have swore that I got a total pass through, but I don't think that I did. I hit him about probably four inches behind the shoulder, mid-body. I mean, you know, midway from the top to the bottom. Um, it, it just, I mean, the bear ran 50 yards. He was done before before he left and I knew that he would be I didn't even trail blood I just walked back here and saw him piled up it took me about 20 minutes to get him rolled over I didn't even blood trail him dad I just walked back here and found him hey the so the arrow disappeared into the bear okay yeah just gone Right. I think complete pass through. But you can't find the arrow. It never passed through the bear. Oh, it's inside. I it's think. Big, huh? Well, uh, surely not. But I think the entire arrow is inside of him, or it broke off. But look at this sucker. <laughs> look at those ears, man. You hear him fall? No, I just heard him bust off through the brush and I mean just plowing over trees he kind of growled when I shot but he didn't death moan yeah of all the bears I've killed about 30% of them have death moaned 
everybody's like, man, you got to hear the death moan. Well, man, I don't, I just don't hear it that often. Uh, now, was he, uh, was that area going in towards his other shoulder or back yeah, towards it, his guts? It was just like this. So you got both lungs is what you did. Yeah, it was just a 10 ring double lung. But look, look at that angle right there, hand yeah. right on his neck. I mean, yeah. he's wide. You know, his head might be small, Clay. Oh, it's not small. I guarantee, I'll bet my truck it's over 20 inches. Okay. I mean, I'm serious. Okay. I, I bet my truck. Now, I, I might eat my words, but I'm going to yeah. be. Well, bold. the only reason I say that, his neck is so stinking big. But, man, that's a long ways from ear to ear. I mean, that's a long ways across there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. But, hey, the way, this is how you know that he's going to be big is, look at those teeth. Those, he does not have a single canine. He needed to be killed, didn't he? He's already contributed to the gene pool. I mean, we had this bear on camera in 2014, and I am not sure that this is not the bear that our good buddy shot and we never found. You remember? Really? Yeah. The bear we tracked? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure that this is not him. Yeah. Well, I'm going to look for a scar yeah. down low on his brisket. But, you know, and the thing is, is that this, as far as body size, is the lesser of those two bears. But, I, now, weren't there three big bears? Well, there there is another boar that's in the 300-pound range, which... But he's a, this is the second largest bear. Yeah, in. there is a bear that is bigger body size than this one. I mean, it it's just unbelievable. But, I mean, you know, when this animal walks up... You can't pass this You'd guy be, up. It'd be crazy. To, I thought about it, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, that other bear outweighs this thing at least 100 pounds, I bet. Maybe so. And see, that's what's going to be so cool to find out what this bear weighs. Yeah. I mean, if it weighs 400 pounds, then we go, oh, yeah, that's a 500. That's a other one's 500. But if this one weighs 500, then we know we've got a 600-pound bear. Yeah. You know? So that's what's going to be interesting. Hey, the other thing I learned about this bait site is I could hear you driving up the road before you got to the creek. I, I heard your truck a long time, and then I heard you cross the creek. So that tells you me. Mean, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I figured you could. I, well, at least when I crossed the creek. Well, I see, when I. Could you hear all the banging? Man, it drug worse than it's ever drug. Yeah, yeah. Well, see. When I'm coming in here to hunt, I'm thinking about what are these bears hearing. Yeah. And they're hearing us a long ways away. Yeah. So it's good that I parked on the other and side of the creek. My truck is extremely loud now that I've taken it. Oh, looks like the boys are here. Yeah, he's just right down there. All right.
Hey, look at these teeth. Yep. It's not gonna be long. We need to five tractor. Five forty-seven. Holy smokes! Hey, way to go, Clay. <laughs> we were gonna put you up for adoption. Hey, we might keep you. What is here. ridiculous is that when he walked up and I didn't see those double yellow air tags, I thought, man, I ought to just wait. I ought to just wait and wait, see if that other one comes in. Hey, that other one weighs 650, Clark David. A good bear. <laughs> River Newcomb would have passed this bear up. What does it say? 549.4. Oh, 550. Flat off the ground. Is it not 550? 550. Nope. 550. Exactly. 550. Exactly. Exactly, man. On the nuts. money. And you know, that they say those on, scales are, are accurate. You know, those digital point. scales are really accurate. Oh, two. That's what the, you five know, the 50. Everybody turn right. their light off. I can't even get a picture of that. I won't read it. All right. <laughs> What's he, he looks like he's a skydiver. <laughs> we did it. Damn, it? man. That is awesome. Congratulations. Wow. Thank you. Very nice. Very nice. Dad, thanks for all your help, man. Yeah. Hey. We, that other bear, man, was 650, man. Oh, he, that other head. bear. Is a lot bigger than this bear. Look at the head on that sucker. Hey, thanks for listening to the Bear Hunting Magazine podcast. Hey, while I'm standing over this bear, I want to ask you to subscribe to our magazine. When you subscribe to our magazine, you're supporting our cause, you're supporting our brand, and you get an awesome magazine six times a year. Also want to ask you to check out our YouTube channel. You'll be able to see this hunt on our YouTube channel at some point really soon. And more than anything, let's keep the wild places wild because that's where the bears live. <laughs> you ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, Enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today.